the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday, my dearly beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to continue to wish everybody a wonderful and a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Um, it is such a joy. It is such a, a relaxing thing in our life. It's a treatment, actually. It's almost uh, like a good therapy to see families getting together, to see children heading back home from their schools, taking this short time, whether to a sunny, beautiful place in the United States or to a snowy place like here in Denver, Colorado, or a cold place um, somewhere in this um, beautiful region. You know, I, I am still in Lebanon, and I want to tell you that Thanksgiving is affecting also how nations are looking um, are looking to themselves, people in nations, not nations, people in nations. Like people in Lebanon, for instance, uh, they wait. They know that the United States is celebrating Thanksgiving. We did celebrate Thanksgiving here in Lebanon as well. And uh, we invited the team of the Mission of Hope and Mercy. We had our own uh, uh, beautiful time um, together. So today we want to pray with Psalm 18. Psalm 18 is a hymn of Thanksgiving. Psalm 18 is a hymn of thanksgiving. And uh, I want to offer it to all of our citizens and the people in the United States, both living and deceased. I want to offer it in a very, very, very particular and special way to the donors, the benefactors, the friends, um, the collaborators, the volunteers, uh, the people we serve um, at the Mission of Hope and Mercy. I want to offer it uh, to the family of this beautiful radio station, KNUS, uh, who has been very supportive of our ministry and of our mission as well. Uh, and all those who are in need in the world on their behalf for the little thing that they have received from someone or the big thing they have received. I want to offer this prayer of hymn of thanksgiving with Psalm 18 on behalf of all of us to Almighty God. So the love of God and the love of the neighbor can only grow in our hearts and in society because we are it, my friends. We are the real voters. When we love God, we vote for God. We love the neighbor. And we vote for that love of the neighbor. No one can be against us. For St. Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, he says, if God is on our side, who can be against us? So it doesn't matter if the people we vote for in our public systems, government systems, public sector, are people we like or we do not like. As long as we keep voting God in, 
And once we've all got in, he is the real president. He is the real king. He is the real father. He is the real caregiver. You know, so if God is on our side, St. Paul says, who can be against us? And let us pray. God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The word of the Lord is a strong shield for all who put their trust in him. As for God, his ways are perfect. The word of the Lord, the purest gold. He indeed is the shield of all who make him their refuge. For who is God but the Lord? Who is a rock but our God? The God who gears me with strength and makes the path safe before me. My feet you made swift as the deer's. You have made me stand firm on the heights. You have trained my hands for battle and my arms to bend the heavy bow. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dear beloved brothers and sisters. Uh, on this uh, Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, uh, I'm uh, privileged to have with me Mr. Paul D'Alessandro. Paul D'Alessandro, um, a, a wonderful lawyer and is the author of The Future of Fundraising, How Philanthropy's Future is Here with Donors Dictating the Terms. He's a founder and president of High Impact Nonprofit Advisors, known as HNA, and also D'Alessandro Incorporation which is a fundraising and strategic management consulting company with more than 30 years of experience in the philanthropic sector. Paul, I want to greet you with the blessing of the Lord. I want to tell you good Holy Sunday morning to you. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful, Father. Thank you. I thank God. Uh, you know, we have with us also our operation manager, who you have been in touch with from Lebanon, um, Mrs. Jacqueline Emmanuel. She carries the last name of the season, Paul. You can't go wrong with the Emmanuel. The Lord is with us as we yeah. prepare for Christmas. Jacqueline, good morning to you. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Paul. Um, Paul, this is the time where Coloradans, people in the United States, we all prepare to give. I want to give a free advice. I know you guys are charged for advice, but I want to thank you for giving us um, a, a good moment of uh, your busy life. Um, if I were a donor listening to KNUS, having a good Sunday morning with Father Andre, discerning needs, discerning needs. Paul, what is the importance of donors in your book? Well, you know, Father, donors are the lifeblood of the fabric of what makes charity work in Colorado and in the world. And without people helping people, you know, this this world just wouldn't exist the way it would. So, you know, I, I think that donors have a desire to help others. We talk a lot about uh, what people need, what organizations need. We need money for this and that. But really, it's something, it's a matter of the heart. What is it that I need to do to give back to the world that would make me come alive too? And I think you know, I've always said it is that we are we're put on earth. Um, we, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for others. And those who have resources have the ability to help those who are in want and need. And that's part of our journey as Christians and Catholics. Well, so the, the, the question here basically um, is not what issues we can um, we can serve as, let's say, Mission of Hope and Mercy, as many, many nonprofits now in the U.S. in this month, you know, Give Tuesday, uh, Colorado Gives Day, 
um, people think about, you know, doing their taxes and they start sorting out some money on the side, some funds on the side to assist certain ministries, certain non-for-profits, NGOs. You actually hit it right on the spot. You said um, people who are donors are very important because they're the ones who can make transformational difference in the world. Is that right? Correct. Absolutely. Without people, it doesn't happen. And people go out and make make money and do well and, and have many blessings that, you know, I, I wish people could be in, in Lebanon and just see the suffering there and, and, and to make a difference just in one life is tremendous. Uh, Paul, what ties a donor in the United States, for instance, to a cause that is mm, not totally before their eyes? How do you usually bring the cause before a donor? I, you know, I, I father, you know, we're one family and, it, you know, the, you could take the boundaries away, but we're people of faith. And, you know, we want to help those who are in, in need. And we, ought to, we also want to make people aware of what's going on in the world. And so sometimes it's easy to help, you know, a neighbor across the street. And sometimes it's ne- easy to help a charity somewhere else in the United States. That's a big national charity. But, you know, what's what's the difference between 10 miles, 1,000 miles, or 5,000 miles, if you will, because no matter where you go, there's somebody who, need, who needs help. But the thing is about where you are in Lebanon is a dollar goes so much further in Lebanon right now and in Africa and other parts of the world than it does in the United States. And I'm not telling anybody to, to not give the United States, but what my, my point is that you can have such greater impact for those who are really in desperate need right now. I, I really appreciate your clarity, Paul. And uh, going with that piece, during Thanksgiving season and as we enter into Christmas as well, um, I, I, I read a little bit um, of your book, actually. Um, I read the future of fundraising a little bit. You insist on technology a lot. You introduce a little bit of uh, the use of the virtual world, the use of the Internet. How important is the internet today in uh, collecting donors together? Um, I would say focusing the efforts of donors um, to build a deeper and more effective level of uh, transformational help, if you want. How do you use technology um, in the future of, of fundraising? Well, just two quick examples. You know, during the pandemic, uh, we had been using Zoom for a long time. We had a client in Bangladesh that was building uh, something similar to, to what you're doing, but um, a, a school, university. And, um, and you know, all our meetings were held on um, all through the pandemic on Zoom. And we put gathered people together who normally wouldn't be able to get together and relationships started. And um, that, that was significant. But in terms of technology, there's a lot going on right now. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Um, it, with artificial intelligence, there are some, a lot of companies right now that are spending a lot of money on gathering data on individuals. There are almost 40,000 data points on people, on every single person in the United States. Some companies have data on over 240 million Americans. This is not so much that way around the world. But what do we do with this information is we could then identify those who have the, the greater propensity to give something to something that they'd be aligned with based on what they and where they shop and what they do. So it, it, it helps us a lot in, in really identifying those who are most aligned with our mission. Like I said, it's really not about what we need. It's what does the donor need in terms of feeling good about supporting that, which is in alignment with their life's purpose and journey.
I like that. Can you repeat that? What is the donor need to make them more comfortable, more effective, which is in line with their journey? If we come to apply this on the mission of hope and mercy, can you give us an example? How will how will the donor feel comfortable and why? And how does the work of the mission of hope and mercy is in line with their view to the world, with their needs, with their, um, I don't know, with their dreams, I guess, with their satisfaction? Well, you know, Father, you know, growing up Catholic, you know, we're taught, and my father taught me, you know, he came from nothing and he was successful to give back and to give to those who are out helping others. You know, I, I'm not a priest and I've not made the sacrifices that you have made, but we've what we've known in our faith is to always help the poor and the needy. And the Bible is clear that they'll always be among, amongst us. But, you know, in terms of uh, the mission of hope and mercy, you know, it's what we're taught about. You know, there's there's needs right now for food, for medicine and housing, basic needs. So as people sit home on a Sunday after Thanksgiving and are concerned about going out and spending money on a Christmas tree and spending hundreds and thousands of dollars for Christmas presents, there are people in Lebanon who are worried about how can I pay a hundred dollar electric bill? for the month when they're only making $25 in a month. And, and our call is to help others. And, and as I said, in, in a situation like this, a, a gift of $100 and even $1,000 can go so far in making a difference in the lives of those who share our faith and who are, are really struggling mightily in, in, a, in a world that's torn up by Faith against faith, if you will. Well, um, Paul, we, we have with us uh, Jacqueline. As you know, she has been working very hard um, on, on putting the operational budget, the program budget for the mission of hope and mercy in Lebanon. And she can give, uh, uh, she's an eyewitness. She can give her personal testimony. Jacqueline, good morning to you. Good morning, Father. What is your personal testimony to what Paul is talking about? Um, the suffering of a family. Yes. Uh, when it comes to income, when it comes to budgeting, what can a family do today in Lebanon, in your personal experience? Yes. And what is a family no longer able to do? Yes. Uh, first, I, I want to thank uh, Paul for the touching words he said, because the, it's like he's living with us here in Lebanon. I'm grateful uh, for what you just said, Paul. Uh, Paul here in Lebanon, and we are having a very, very bad economical situation. Uh, we used to earn like around... $1,000 per month. It was, uh, it was, uh, now it's now around $25 per month. Uh, Father Andre is living here and he knows how much expensive is all that. Uh, many, many, many basic life needs we gave up on. We gave up on. Uh, I'm not talking about luxury items. I'm not talking about privileges. I'm talking about basic life needs. Most of the day, we don't have electricity. Most uh, water, we need to buy water every one week or two. Uh, internet, it's not uh, efficient and available all the time also. Food, we are buying uh, brands we never used to buy. We are buying brands coming from uh, countries uh, with very poor quality. We are having cholera spreading everywhere because of the low quality of water we are having. So we're not now talking about something uh, privileged. We're talking about basic life needs. We are missing the basic life needs. Our kids are not able to go to school. Uh, our kids are not able to get a, a quality in food, in water, 
uh, in life in general. Uh, and, I would, and I would testify to that, Paul. You know, uh, it's funny. I think I said it in an uh, earlier program. You know, part of what I'm doing in Lebanon, and I look forward to having you in Lebanon as well, uh, um, we return to, we shall return together. And I want us to bring like some donors, if we can, to have them visit Lebanon as well. Uh, you know, every three and a half day, I am in need for about $85 in gas alone. Every three and a half days. So imagine one salary per month for a human family here is an average of $40, $45. It's really unheard of. It's really unheard of. I could tell you there are people who get paid two and a half million Lebanese lira, which is probably not even uh, uh, $50, 40, about $50. Um, yeah, $50. And, um, and just for the school purpose, they have to, they have basically to, uh, per child, they have to pay $400 in U.S. cash per child. So if a Christian family has three children, that's 400 times three per child. On top of it, per child, they have to pay like 12 million or 10 million or 14 million Lebanese lira to educate per child, one child. So let's say uh, Jacqueline has uh, three children. That's 400, 400 and 400 in U.S. dollars, and they have to be paid on time. Otherwise, you know, they still use the old method. They don't give the, the students their, 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 their school notes. They don't sometimes let them into the actual school. They keep harassing. Uh, and that's Catholic education. That's Christian education, you know. And then they have to come up with uh, 12 million Lebanese lira per child on top of that um, to satisfy the needs of a Christian education. We were just doing um, the operational uh, I would say the program funds, we have received over 3,500 families. Um, in, one, in one area alone, there's 900 families in seven small villages, 900 families uh, that they need food help. And, and now the import-export, uh, the price of the, uh, uh, the fees in dollar has changed in Lebanon as well. Of course, there is a difficulty. But the bottom line, a Christian society and a society in general in Lebanon is suffering. Amongst whom the Christians are in the lowest, 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 I would say, um, importance, it seems, for world organizations. And if they are on a high level of importance, it's going towards infrastructure, it's going more towards like, you know, specific friendships that they have with local entities in a country that they decide to do program. But we are seeing that strategically, we in the United States, can make a better difference in the life of a family. And that's what I think the mission of Hope and Mercy is, is able to offer. How can we in the U.S. convince the U.S. donors that making a difference with, um, uh, uh, with in, in the life of a Christian family in Lebanon is actually the place to be, is actually the place to start? You know, Father, it's, um, it, part of it is awareness. And I, and I, I say sometimes that I'm, I feel like Robin Hood. I've been to some of the poorest parts of the world but I stand in the middle between some of the wealthiest people, billionaires, and some people who have lived in abject poverty who don't know how they're going to get by to tomorrow. I was in Haiti after the earthquake and um, New Orleans after the Katrina and, you know, the, the desperation that people feel. But, you know, I think it's important for people to keep things in perspective. You know, Lebanon wasn't always like this. Lebanon was like a lot of places, you know, people walking out, having coffee in the street, thriving. It's probably a lot like, you know, and well, Kiev is probably a different story, but you know, there, there was life and there was vibrancy. And, and I know that a lot of people in Lebanon had housekeepers and, you know, there was money and things flowed. 
but things change and it, and it changed in a moment. You know, there's a saying that I used to hear growing up and I have not heard it in a while. It's, you know, but for the grace of God go I, and I think it's important for every American and, and anyone actually who's hearing this with resource to say, to really think that, you know, life cannot always be what it is as you're sitting on a Sunday after Thanksgiving and worried about perhaps inflation and what kind of car you get that anyone here <clears throat> in this country, in the United States, it could be two years and we could, I'm not saying it could be, it will, but like Venezuela or Lebanon, I mean, there's no givens. So if you have the, the resource, um, then help those brothers who are just trying to live till tomorrow. Um, they always say the best investment that anybody can make is the money that they give away. You know, people put money in the stock market and they live hunt. You know, you hear people in the state say, I've lost $100,000 in my 401k. Wow. Could you imagine that if you just given that $100,000 to, to people in Lebanon that's now gone? What a difference. And then you're trans, what we're doing is we're transforming lives to go on and carry forth the Christian message. So I think that that's my perspective on this is that we give thanks for what we have. But we also have to be mindful of those who don't. And how do we have them feel thankful of even the smallest thing, like a meal for tomorrow? I, I love what you said. You know, um, how philanthropy is the future is here with donors dictating the terms. Um, how much hope do we have to enlarge, to widen up the base of donors who care for uh, changing through philanthropy? the outcome of bad politics and bad policies in the U.S. Do you think this is a good angle? Because, you know, sometimes the U.S. policies in the Middle East may be Christian-blinded a little bit, a little bit, if I may. Just off record, I hope people don't take this against me, but we don't seem to take the interest of Christians um, to a a good measure. Donors, Mm -hmm. through philanthropical aid, can they change the outcome of bad politics? American donors. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know as if, you know, there's so many, for, for you know, I'm in my early 60s, and for as long as I've been alive, there's been this conversation uh, about change. But, you know, I think people people make change, and people help lift other people up, and um, and it's by, in, by doing it in community and shared resources, so... Um, I'm I'm not so much convinced that I don't I don't know if governments really solve problems. Sometimes I think they they add to the problems, but the the needs right now are 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 great. And so climate change, for instance, may be a solution to a problem. But what good is is if you solve climate change if a whole nation starves to death? So I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but it does. It does. But you know, our program has been always called. This is a fourth year in a row. Feed a family, save a nation. Feed mm-hmm. a family, save a nation. I would say, feed a family, you save the atmosphere. Feed a family, you save the environment. You know, well, it really comes down to, to 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 the basics of providing for family. You know, uh, before I conclude with you, the the next question to you is going to be, which is the last question. Um, uh, you have now a mean through this radio program to talk to the donors. Um, Strategic gifts to charitable causes, does it apply to the mission of hope and mercy? Strategic gifts to charitable causes. Does the mission represent for an American donor a charitable cause? And and I know that their gifts are strategic for us, but I want to first ask, 
um, Jacqueline to give us a, a rundown about how can donors help the mission of Hope and Mercy um, through monthly subscriptions. What do we need from the donors? Uh, I always uh, I always raise the, the voice the voice about that. Uh, please, I, I ask every single donor in the United States, we have the, the site of the Mission of Hope and Mercy. You can always subscribe with a minimum amount of $50 and more. Uh, believe me, it will make a huge difference in the life of families here in Lebanon and specifically the Christians in Lebanon. Jacqueline, what's the total we need for Christmas programs? I know you're doing the budget and Paul yes. um, is informed about it. Yeah. What is it that we need now for we, Christmas projects? Now for Christmas, we need now around $500,000. About $500,000. Yes. And that would be in what categories of uh, we will We will divide it, divide it between food, medication, Christmas gifts and uh, school fees. And missions. school fees. And uh, this is honestly well needed. Paul, the last question is to you. You have vetted many times the mission of hope and mercy. Uh, do you see, and you have a minute or less to answer, do you see that the mission of hope and mercy deserves the attention of donors, uh, the, the strategic gifts of the donors? Do we have the charitable cause that donors oh. could be satisfied with? You know, Father, it's a rhetorical question. You know, you you have sacrificed your life. You're on, you're at ground zero. It's the Lebanon's the center uh, where Christianity started. And if you if you have a heart for your faith and you you really care about making a difference, you are on the ground with very little budget, uh, with a lot of volunteers, and that are making a difference. So a dollar goes a long way. We don't just need dollars; we need people who connect people to people who have resource that can make a difference. So it's multifaceted. And if somebody wants to come to Lebanon and see firsthand and live and experience something that which they don't see day-to-day as they drive around, then I would suggest that they think about that as well. I want to thank you so very much, Paul. We will have you for another episode. And let us pray. You saved me, O Lord, from the folds of the people and put me at the head of the nations. People unknown to me served me. When they heard of me, they obeyed me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Remember, my friends, with the strong right hand of our Lord, who upholds us all the time. May the living God, our Savior, be praised forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.